Now, gentlemen. The defendant is not guilty. But somebody in this courtroom is. Unmitigated temerity. Well, hello everybody out there in Gatsby land. Welcome to the <laughs> OK Gatsby season three to chill, chill a, a mockingbird. mockingbird. <laughs> well, I think we're, we're satisfied with that. And if we're not, that's the, that's, that's what's going to be. Too bad. We're a few episodes in now. <laughs> Can't turn back. Too far gone. Like the American South. Yeah. Too Just far down. Too far and we got Reconstruction and the Great Depression colliding with each other. Yep. And here we are. And here we are. Is that what, is that what this is? Is that what the, we're in? We're in the thirties, right? Yeah. So I mean, Re- Reconstruction more goes towards uh, goes to the eighteen nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we could play fast and loose with history. We're hey, a literature podcast. We're literature guys. <laughs> There's no wrong answer as long as you can back it up with some stupid <laughs> evidence. The text is the only thing. There's no there's no historical context. It's all text. It's just yeah. text. There isn't there is an Alabama. The Alabama was invented by Harper Lee. <laughs> yes. Quote unquote Alabama. Yes. So we're on chapter seven. Uh, let me make review real quick. Okay, so Jem just got his pants back. <laughs> Which is a great this is a great way to summarize the last chapter. Jim Jim got, got his, his pants, pants back. And it was a thrilling adventure to get his pants back. We imagine. It was it happened mostly off screen. Yes. And we just got to see Scout worry about her brother. Which uh, is like a a fun little narrative. Yeah, but Jem is definitely a little worried. This whole Boo Radley thing has kinda of shook him up. Um and you can see that at the beginning of this chapter, Jem stayed moody and silent for a week. Um and uh, as Atticus had once advised me to do, I tried to climb into Jem's skin and walk around in it. So the empathy. This empathy thing keeps coming up. Yeah. I think it might be a bit of a theme. Yeah. I don't know. theme. An empathy, if you will. And I will. I will. Uh, so uh, Scout figures that Jem would like to be left alone if, he, if she had gone to uh, the Radley place at 2 in the morning. Uh, her funeral would have been the next afternoon. So... Uh, that's her 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 opinion on it. So the summer is over just like that, and uh, we enter another one of these sort of fast forward. <laughs> yeah, it's such a she covers up months of time with like just a like a snarky sentence. School started. That's the whole sentence. <laughs> the second grade was as bad as the first, only worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. They still flash cards at you and wouldn't let you read or write. So it's like it's some sort of knock on like a, a some sort of a new agey or you know new agey at the time educational thing where the the cards just say cat and dog and stuff. <laughs> they re- receive these impressionistic revelations in silence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like this line too. Miss Caroline's progress next door could be estimated by the frequency of laughter. However, the usual crew had flunked the first grade again and were helpful in keeping order. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm like, my students from last year are here to help me keep up. Yeah. Now the 11-year-old guys. <laughs> yeah, you've been here before. Um, yes. And so the only good thing about the second grade was that the this, this year I had to stay as late as Jim, and we usually walked home together at 3 o'clock. It's really cute. And the scout and the scout Jim relationship is really cute. I like yes, it. Yes. Very, very nice sibling relationship. So Jem feels like he has to tell her something about that night. Uh, and then uh, Scott says, you never told me anything about that night. 
Um, and then Jem, Jem says, when I went back for my breeches, they were all in a tangle when I was getting out of them. I couldn't get them loose. When I went back, when I went back, they were folded across the fence like they were expecting me. Across? And something else. Show you when we get home. They'd been sewed up. Not like a lady sewed them. Like something I'd try to do. All crooked. It's almost like... Somebody knew you were coming back from. Like somebody was reading my mind. Like somebody could tell what I was going to do. Can't anybody tell what I'm going to do? At least they know me. Can they, Scott? Scout? Scott. Can they, Scout? Can't anybody tell what you're going to do unless they live in the house with you. And even I can't tell sometimes. <laughs> and now, and, and, and right at this exact time that they're discussing this odd occurrence, another odd occurrence happens. They are walking past the uh, tree the knot with the knot hole and... Uh, Arrested a ball of gray twine. This is somebody's hiding place. So the, the Boo Radley mystery heightens. Yeah. Jim runs back at the night where they were shot at. And found that someone in that time, must have been like what, like, no, they waited a few hours. So within three hours, the pants had been folded and sewed back together. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Night sewing. And once again, they return to school and there's more treasures in the tree. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. So uh, Scott thinks that uh, Walter Cunningham or somebody comes down and hides his things. And we come along and take him away from him. <laughs> from it's the really poor kid, right, Walter Cunningham? Yeah, that's yeah. the one who came over for lunch. And it's such a funny image of this like poor kid. Like every time I put this <laughs> ball of twine into here, oh, not again! They took my ball of twine. <laughs> the tree ate my twine. <laughs> I also love the little sister line of uh, when she's trying to reassure her brother. Uh, like, can't anybody tell what you're gonna do unless they live in the house with you? And even I can't tell sometimes. And even me. <laughs> like you're crazy, Jeff. I don't. <laughs> No one knows what's going on in your <laughs> mind. You're an insane person. <laughs> yeah. So they left the twine in there for a couple days, and then it was still there a few days later, third day. Uh, from then on, we considered everything we found at the Knothole property. So then... So that's the new establishment of their rules. Anything yeah. in that Knothole is theirs. They've determined... They waited long enough. They've determined that it's not someone else's, that someone is purposely leaving it for them. Yep. Um, school's hard. Scott mentions this again, and then she mentions that uh, this is my, one of my favorite parts of these chapters. Uh, Jem uh, is explaining to her that it doesn't get good until sixth grade. And yeah. he, he like you the sixth he, grade. It really it really kicks off. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like someone introducing you to a new show. It's like, well, wait till the sixth grade, okay, yeah. before you make a judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first five years are take or believe them. But. It's also such an older brother move of like, where I am in life is the good part of life. <laughs> don't, I, know, I know you don't like it now, but like where I am right now, that's where it's When really you're cool. me, you'll love it. <laughs> uh, so Jem is learning about the Egyptians and he's beginning to Egyptian walk everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the dance move. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to walk flat. He walks flat a great deal. Um, then he talks about how great the Egyptians were. Um, and then, uh, so Scout here, like, kind of quotes an Atticus thing that Atticus had told her. Like, Atticus told me to delete the adjectives, and I'd have the facts. <laughs> yeah, because Jim goes, uh, I said, I, if they didn't, if they did, I didn't, uh, no, he declared the Egyptians walked that way. I said, if they did, I didn't know, didn't see how they got anything done. But Jim said they accomplished more than the Americans ever did. They invented toilet paper and perpetual embalming and asked where it would be today if they hadn't. Uh, yeah, and then Atticus told me to delete the adjectives, and I'd have the facts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Atticus is always amused, but 
like never like like charmed by his uh, children's uh, dives headfirst into new adventures. <laughs> <laughs> he's just always looking on, and he's got the level-headed opinion about it. I think they mentioned a little later, like he is much old. Like he had kids late in life. That's something I didn't yeah. even think about. Because in my head, it's like this is like a thirty-five-year-old guy. Yeah, yeah. But this no, this is a fifty. It mentions he's like fifty years old. In this. Yeah, well, yeah. During the fire, spoiler alert: there's a fire later, and he shouldn't even be doing anything physical. He could hurt his back or whatever. Yeah, it's like so you got to stop, Atticus. You're 50 old. Plus. Yeah, I kind of imagine. Be, I guess I'm picturing the movie is kind of like a, a early forties Peck type. Yeah. yeah, Gregory Peck, handsome. But yeah, he's an old guy in this, and I didn't that that I didn't think about because that adds to the level of like how little he like. Because it is that thing we talk about where he's like a walking ethics professor. But yeah. it's also like old guys seem to not get into as much trouble because they need so much less for like excitement. Like yeah. He literally just reads every day. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is a little weirder to picture like a young, handsome guy reading. But like this guy who's like, you know, past middle age. He's like yeah. an old man. He's not hunting for a new wife or anything. Yeah. He's like, I just want to quietly read and raise my kids. Right. So this uh, it, that does make a little more sense. Um. Yes, the seasons and begin to be discussed. Yes, I, it's it's also like a very because this kind of reminds me of um, remember the end of passage uh, in Gatsby where he talks about going home for Christmas in the in the Midwest of like the train stops and the uh, that's my because it, there's there's a lot of moments in this where it's like oh that kind of reminds me of that like that warmth recalling of your own home. Yep. Of uh, there are no clearly defined seasons in South Alabama. Summer drifts into autumn, and autumn is sometimes never followed by winter, but turns to a days old spring that melts into summer again. That fall was a long one, hardly cool enough for a light jacket. Yeah, and then Jim and I were trotting in our orbit one mile afternoon when our knot hole stopped us again. Something white was inside this time. So, like, kind of a very sweet, like, seasons thing, and then it's like, oh, and back into the action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like a, a very short little descriptor of what's going on, but that's also important later. Yes. Um, what they find in there are two images carved in soap. One was a figure of a boy. The other wore a crude dress. Before before I remembered that there was no such thing as hoodooing, I shrieked and threw them down. <laughs> so the, 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 what she she comes to realization, not that voodoo is not real, but that she should have realized, that she should have thought about voodoo being real before she threw them down otherwise because they're like they're like voodoo dolls of them she's like oh no i don't know that's just such a, such a cute little like scout girl yeah. girl scout narrator move where it's like this is so stupid but i threw him on the ground yeah i mean i shouldn't have done that <laughs> obviously that was crazy because voodoo is real or she calls it hoodoo which is also hilarious yeah i don't know if it's a southern, a southern thing or if that's a little kid thing or what i think it's like a bunch of different superstition of like all the weird rules about it's like it feels like the don't step on a crack or break your mother's back stuff. Like, maybe that was real to those guys in, yeah, the, yeah. in the 30s. Yeah. That was their magic. Um, there wasn't SpongeBob yet to make fun of all these old idiots. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're pretty good uh, soap carvings. Um, and they try to figure out who did them. Maybe they think Mr. Mr. Avery did them because he carves. Um, but all he really does is carve a stick of stove wood. He carves one per week. He carves it down to a toothpick and chews it. I think it's so <laughs> funny, too. Well, that's the worst hobby I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Man, that's how, like, that really takes a strong personality to have be like, that's all I want out of life. Is yeah. You get home from work. Like, I get home from work. It's like, I need to eat something to feel that easy dopamine. And then I need <laughs> a bunch of other. And he's just like, some guys. 
Some guys could just have a big block of wood at the start of the week. <laughs> Turn it into a very small splinter of wood, and then, boom, toothpick. <laughs> he <laughs> did toothpick. it, bud. For a day. He just has a toothpick for a day. That's what he does for fun. It's his big old treat is to have a toothpick <laughs> that he whittled. In his I mean, you could have whittled a bunch of toothpicks out of that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that too. I mean, it was a different time, you know, but uh, I don't know how much toothpicks cost now at this time. I mean, who knows? Probably less than a big block of wood. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I think that's just a funny, like, uh, quirky uh, small town sort of uh, Also thing. that, like, the children know the hobbies of all these adults. <laughs> like, I don't know our neighbor's names. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, what he likes to do on Thursdays is he comes out on the porch and he likes to sneeze a little bit. And then he'll put on the radio. And then he'll <laughs> urinate a little bit. Uh, Mr. That's Mr. Avery, right? He yes, peed off of the thing. I believe so. We we don't even know he peed because like, Scout is too polite to say if it was peeing or not. But yes. we, it's, it's heavily implied that it was urine. Okay, so they, they rule out Mr. Avery. Or they, they're not sure. I like the, the part where it's, maybe he sits in the ports and looks at us instead of Miss Stephanie. If I was him, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Miss Stephanie's boyfriend in the uh, he's got a farmer boyfriend. <laughs> so funny, yeah. And she's so mean. Yeah, she's great. Uh found a whole pack of chewing gum. So they're like the this this treasure chest is really heating up. Yeah. It was the two pieces of gum before, now it's a whole pack. Whole pack of gum. Uh then there's a medal from a spelling bee in in Maycomb County. Uh and then he's like, Atticus, do you remember who won any of these spelling contests? So they're trying to like solve who this is. Yeah, I guess right. I mean, doesn't I mean like, come on, who like I think I think I think they they sort of must know it's Boo Radley, right? Or like they must have an idea. I mean, Jim. I mean, you can see Jim does yeah. like later where he's like, because when Mister Radley, because the kind of thing where it's like he fixed my pants and all these are in that the tree on his property. Right. During Jem's outburst, you do kind of tell that he'd been putting it together. Yeah, yeah. So let's keep an eye on Jem figuring this out. Scout does not know. <laughs> um, yeah. Scout doesn't get it. Yeah. They get it, and they get a then they get a watch and a knife on a chain. Yeah. You reckon it's white gold? Don't know. I'll show it to Atticus. Atticus is like, all right. Atticus said it would probably be worth ten dollars, knife chain and all. So that's like a big deal. Yeah. Great Depression kids find ten dollar knife. Yeah, that's a bunch, right? That's like a hundred bucks or something, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, if not more. Yeah, maybe like a three hundred bucks. <laughs> the candy bar is a penny, you know. Yeah, one thousand pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you swap? Uh, so Atticus is like, "Hey, what's going on?" And now they're like, "Okay, we we played our cards too quickly to ask him about this stuff." Uh, okay. No, he just wanted to know if he swapped his grandfather's watch. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They haven't. They haven't revealed it to Atticus yet. Um. Oh, so Atticus is asking him probably if so. Jem pulled out his grandfather's watch that Atticus let him carry once a week if Jem were careful with it. So Atticus is like, "That's a cool watch. It's probably worth ten dollars. Did you did you trade my dad's watch for that?" Yeah, that's what, okay. That's what he's asking. Right, I'm figuring that out right now. Um, and Jeb's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I take care of this watch. <laughs> but he also says, Atticus, if it's all right with you, I'd rather have this one instead. Maybe I can fix it. So, uh, 
Scout says when the new wore off his grandfather's watch and carrying it became a day's burdensome task, Jem no longer felt the necessity of ascertaining the hour every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so he used to like it so much, check yeah. the hour. I remember doing that. You have time. like when you have that like a watch or anything, just to like guess what time I have this new little gadget. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> feel like an adult because I know what time it is. <laughs> I don't have to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, a bell decides when I move, but uh, I'll tell you what time it is. So, also that's I mean that's another beautiful sentence. I mean like Harper Lee is a specific kind of beautiful sentence, and this is one of them. Um, ascertaining the hour every five minutes. Yeah, you could feel the adult new like. I'm, I just say New York Scout because that's where Harper Lee lived. Yeah. But like New York Scout, like reflecting on. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit like yeah. Scout kind of understands Jem's motivations more than uh, Girl Scout would. There's, yeah, there's a little bit of a woman Scout happening there. Um, yeah. Also, is there you know, is there a symbolic resonance with Jem wanting to have this own watch that he found instead of the watch that he's inherited from Atticus's father? Right. He yeah. He wants this one instead. He prefers this one. He says. Yes, he uh, he wants to fix it. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, I want to make this watch my own. I want to be the one who, because yeah. it's like, yeah, it is just give it to him. But it's like, oh, here's this super important thing that I have to be very careful because it carries such a weighty history. And I'd rather be free of that and make my own way. Oh, yeah. Boom. Right. A watch that works, but it's, it's your dad's watch. Yeah. Who cares about that? How about a watch that I can fix and make my own? Then it's my watch. Yeah. And I, I don't have to be careful with it. Like, yeah. I don't have to, like, no one's going to be mad at me if I lose it. Like, yeah. it's mine. It's my own. So this is definitely, Jem is becoming a man, and it's funny seeing it, because he's not the main character, so it's kind of funny seeing it through Scout's eyes, because we're getting kind of an oblique view of the things that are making him, that are signifying his manhood. Like, just rebelling, I mean, rebelling against your father is the way that we're seeing it from Jem mostly. Yeah. And also, like, coming of age from someone who's not like the perspective of someone who doesn't understand that that's what's happening. <laughs> it's like Jem's just acting really weird. He's just been so weird. Lately. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Like he's the weirdest guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's sick. I don't know. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's a big strength of this book is that so many subplots happen. I mean, we talked about subtextual narrative and catching the right. This whole thing is like a subtextual of like all these little plots of like Jem growing up and like, there's still the like Atticus trying to like clearly is trying to con- like raise his children, uh, like still and like right. There's stuff where it's like he didn't want to like we'll still read stuff like that. Like he he has these thing these comforts that he likes, and he's trying to maintain that as they grow. And all of that stuff is shown and not like explained overtly. So like I think Harper Lee is we discussed that discussed that too. Harper Lee is really good at. Kind of just like letting you figure out what's going on internally yeah. based on external things. So yeah. like the external thing is Jem wants this new watch, but there's so much going on underneath that. Yeah, it's it's the watch he's putting together from Boo Radley, which gives it value. It's the it's the it doesn't have to have his grandfather's watch anymore. Um, it's a like it's a treasure. It's yeah. like I found his, his first treasure that he found. And Boo Radley is going to be kind of a, seems to be kind of a focusing point of Jem's coming of age. We're going to kind of see that yeah. here. And it's a really interesting, like, just like narrative tool to have, like, this, like, it's not a, a huge mystery because, like, it's more and more, it's like, this is just a man who lives in a house. Yeah. <laughs> but to, like, make it this weird mystery that, like, through the eyes of a children of, like, to keep the, as far as just, like, this beginning part, because uh, before the big court case starts, like, what is what? The, what is the, what is the plot? It's like 
what's going on in this house? And, yeah. it's, and it's just used as a way to show Jim's growth, to show the whole neighborhood, to show Scout's like view of herself. Like it's a really interesting narrative tool, and also it's like a really like feels very like captured a big part of childhood, which is hard to do. No, I'm very impressed. Uh, let me see. Good job, Harper Lee. Good job, Harper Lee. I think she knows she did it. <laughs> I hope someone told her she did a good job. I think I think they did. Um, uh, yeah, and then they did. Now their plan is to write a letter. Yes. And yeah, like they don't know if they want to tell Atticus. You know what? We'll write a letter. Um, I don't get it. I just don't get. It. I don't know why, Scout. <laughs> hey, I've got a good mind to tell Atticus. No, I reckon not. So he's a tortured man trying to put together this mystery. Because it seems like I think Jem is is like is tri- is pretty sure it's Bradley, but he just can't he just can't like square that circle. Yeah, and he doesn't want to because like the big <laughs> the big piece of evidence is the pants, and yeah. he can't tell Atticus about that. Yep. Yes. So right, he's conflicted. Um, whereas Scout doesn't know. Um, at all, which is evidenced by uh, Jem starting a letter, dear Mister, and then Scott goes, "How you know it's a man? I bet it's Miss Mowdy. I've been betting it for a long time." Oh, Miss Mowdy, can't you gum? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, this is a great little line too. You know, she can talk real pretty sometimes. One time, I asked her to have a chew, and she said, "No thanks." That chewing gum cleaved to her palate. And rendered her speechless. <laughs> Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's a it's funny. It's not like nice. It's like poetic. Yes. I guess yeah. it's kind of poetic. Rendered her speechless. Like she can't talk because her her like her what's it called? The crown work or what are they called? Uh, something like that was. Yeah, yeah. Her, her uh, bridge. Her she bridge, has work. bridge work. Yeah. It is. It is funny where like so many of these characters have a little bit of Tennessee Williams in them. Of like, oh, that's a turn of phrase I wouldn't expect from a, a small town. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a long history of Southern literature making people witty. Or maybe they are witty. I, I haven't spent that much time in the South. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be mean to <laughs> all our Alabama listeners. <laughs> okay, so they go to bring this letter to the knothole. Jem uh, runs ahead and stops at the tree. Jem was facing me when he looked up, and I saw him go stark white. Someone had filled our knothole with cement. Bum, bum, bum. Dum, dum, dum. And then, and Jem projecting goes, "Don't you cry now, Scout. Don't cry now. Don't you worry." He muttered at me all the way to school. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly upset and can't even acknowledge it. Has to be like it's the it's the sister thing. I got to worry about my sister. Yeah, <laughs> all of his emotions he puts through his sister. Uh, let's see here. I followed it when they went to. Okay, hasn't passed by yet. He said so. He's gonna try and talk to Mister Radley, which is like this is. I, I thought this is escalated so fast that. Mm. Like they see that they see the uh, cement in the hole, and then the next paragraph, they're talking to Mister Radley, who they never talk to, or like they just say like he coughs at them. That's all yeah. they say. Oh yeah, they not yeah. They never they never talk to him, even though they're scared of him. They do this. They they play him in that game. They wait for him to go by while they're playing the game, and now well, no, they're boom. playing their father in the game. Oh, true. You're right, Nathan. Yeah, this is Nathan. But like to me, it's the same guy, which is that's dumb on my part. But like, yeah. they're filling this. They're filling it, the same. It is role. not a, like a friendly character. But that's how how desperate Jem is. He's like, I need to get to like, why did this yes. happen? Yeah, Jem is changing. Jem is doing things weird, and this it, is one of those things. It's been a problem that's been at the center of his mind for a very long time. Yeah, and it's it's now reached a new turn that's very unwelcome. Yeah, so just when he felt so close to like, because he really was like, he was going to say thank you. And in his head, he was like, "This is to Boo. This is to Boo Radley. Thank you, Boo Radley. 
for all the nice things and right. he never got that chance. Like, yeah. Oh, right. Cause he's, yeah, he's close to, right. He's close to just like straight up acknowledging that it was Boo Radley. And so he talks to Nathan Radley. It is also kind of funny where they went all that trouble, like in the last chapter to like get him a, get him a note through the, the back window when they could, it's like, Oh, why don't we just put it in the tree that clearly yeah. someone is. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, yeah. They didn't. The one that we won't get in trouble for. So Uh, they just he just asks Mr. Radley, uh, "Did you put the cement? Did you put cement in that hole in that tree down there?" "Yes, I filled it up." (laughs) "Why did you do it, sir? Tree's dying. You plug them with cement when they're when they're sick. You have to know that, Jim. You have to know that." Yeah, it's like, yeah, that is. I've never heard that before. It must be kind of true. It seems. It's yeah. It's at least accepted as true. Uh yeah, easy uh, and then so Jim is like really troubled by that. That was not a helpful piece of instrument. Uh, when because we went past our tree, he gave it a meditative pat on its cement, and remained deep in thought. Oh, so they've done that to their trees before? Oh no, wait, the our tree is the uh, the tree that they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the our tree. Yeah, yeah. He seemed to be working himself into a bad humor, so I kept my distance. So a storm is brewing inside Jim. And then, as usual, we met Atticus coming home from work that evening when we were at our steps. Jem said, Atticus, look down yonder at that tree, please, sir. What tree, son? The one on the corner of the Radley lot coming from school. Yes, is that tree dying? Why, no, son, I don't think so. Look at the leaves. They're all green and full. No brown patches anywhere. It ain't even sick. That tree's healthy as you are, Jem. Why? And then, this is such a good, like, (laughs) Atticus move of, Mr. Nathan Radley said it was dying. Well, maybe it is. I'm sure Mr. Radley knows more about his trees than we do. Yeah. He won't even. Atticus is so fair. He's like, well, if that's his tree, his property. Yeah, it's a, like almost like Hank Hill is like, look, that's a man's tree. I'm not going to tell him what it is. <laughs> like a man's tree is a man's tree. <laughs> <laughs> look God, from my, my eyes over here. I'm a kind of a southern tree expert and clearly a rational man. That is a he- very healthy tree. Yep. But if he says it's not, then by God, it's not. A, it's that's not a between tree. a man, his tree, and God above. <laughs> Don't lie about a tree. So, yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, this is so Atticus where he's, like, being deferential and fair to the point of, you know, almost ridiculous. He's not, like, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's not v- It's very rare moments where you see him, like, confronting other adults. Because uh, it's only so far been Miss Rachel when they were playing poker when he's like, hey, calm down. Like, don't, yeah. like, but they'll- you very rarely, like, he plays the father role almost, like, too, like, intensely of, yeah. like, you almost get to know him zero by his children just like he just reads and he goes everything is fair let's be fair to each other (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah like and and you have this i have this desire to see the mask slip a little bit and go what do you really think about the tree though atticus like what do you come on like let us like Like, what do you like what do you think because he knows he knows more than like he lets on yeah which is like every dad like at least claims to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so he's like trying to figure like he probably has like my children have been bothering Boo Radley for a very long time, <laughs> and I think I think they're getting these gifts from him. Because I mean, Atticus so far he also like doesn't see Boo Radley as a, a vicious murderer type. <laughs> no, it's like a, a man that should be left alone. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Jim, uh, stands on the pi- on on the porch, rubbing his shoulders against the pillar. <laughs> <laughs> Scout goes, "Do you itch, Jim?" I asked politely as I could. He did not answer. Come on in, Jim, I said, after a while. So he's just staring there, standing there staring at the tree from his porch. Yeah. 
And then later I saw he had been crying. His face was dirty in the right places, but I thought it odd that I had not heard him. So Jem had been silently crying, staring at the at the Boo Radley tree. Yes. So what we take that's the end of the chapter. We take we take it to mean that that Jem knows what's up. Yes. And is truly sad about it. Yes. Scout has no idea. They're, <laughs> they're walking to school and he's like, don't don't cry, Scout. At no point does Scout go like, I was crying. It's like, she doesn't care. Like, she's even like, close to crying. Oh, the treasures are gone. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Jem, we can see that Jem is taking this very differently than Scout. Jem is going, I had a connection to this this mythic figure in his head. And he, was, he turned out to be very kind. He gave us gifts. And then this brother, for no reason... Cut off the connection. Yeah. Right. That is very cruel to do. Right. He sees the cruelty in it, and he understands that it was Boo Radley, and Boo Radley was trying to maybe reach out to the outside world. It was his only connection to the outside world, and now that's gone, and he's crying for Boo Radley, I guess, right? Yeah. He's I mean, crying like, for Boo. He's crying he's not, for the injustice of the world. Exactly. He's not sad. He's not selfishly sad. He's sad for somebody else. He yes. has put himself into someone else's skin, Atticus Finch style. Yeah. So he goes, all right, I'm Boo Radley. This is a little, I'm, I don't go outside. A lot of bad stuff has happened. But I give little gifts to these kids and it makes me happy. <laughs> I love soap. I love soap. I love staring at children and carving <laughs> them into soap. You know how your friendly neighbor just stares at you, you all night and carves you into soap? Yeah. So it's just like a a gem having a, a, a strong, loyally sense of justice. Uh, and Scout just kind of going through having more of a writerly sense of, of humor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A sense of humor versus sense of justice. Justice versus humor. So um, there's more weather talk here. Um, autumn, tur- for reasons unfathomable to the most experienced prophets in Macomb County, autumn turned to winter that year. We had two weeks of the coldest weather since 1885, Atticus said. Mr. Avery said it was written on the Rosetta Stone that when children disobeyed their parents, smoked cigarettes, and made war on each other, the seasons would change. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah, what a, like, such a weird religious bummer. What a, yeah, uh, yeah, and the Rosetta Stone, which is, like, an ancient, um, Yeah, just like a, a, a trans, artifact. it's basically Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with, yeah, it's not, it has none of that stuff on it. Anyway, um, Jim and I were burdened with the guilt of contri- contributing to the aberrations of nature, thereby causing unhappiness to our neighbors and discomfort to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Woman Scout, yeah, right, sort of like kind of, of grandly explaining the the unfairness of like because of this belief, we believe that we had ruined the lives of everyone in our town. <laughs> yeah, a fun trope in this book so far has been like a very grandiose, uh, verbose description of a very childlike feeling. You yeah. know, like. You know, I resisted the urge to, to ask him what he was talking, or if he, knew, <laughs> yeah, if he yeah, was yeah. insane or something. I forget. <laughs> I contented myself in asking him if he was if he had lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is like the feeling is like we're oh no we're bad kids and we like we we believe that we caused cold weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, old Mrs. Radley died that winter. Another death. Yes. But her death caused hardly a ripple. The neighborhood seldom saw her except when she wanted her cannas. Jim and I decided that Boo had gotten her at last, but when Atticus returned from the Bradley house, he said she died of natural causes to our disappointment. So they were still joking about Boo maybe killing uh, his Yeah, mom. that doesn't really jive with uh, Jim being so empathetic to Boo Bradley, does it? Yeah. So may- like, maybe that's still there's still that mystery of like, I think it's Boo, or at least someone is helping me, and 
maybe it's like maybe even isn't that like it's boo it's like there was a stranger that i needed to figure out that was helping me yeah <laughs> i think this could there's also there's, there's a there's a there's a distance forming between boo radley the mythical figure and boo radley like the guy who's in that yeah, house just a lonely nice guy so i think jim is starting to understand that there's a guy in the house whose name is boo radley and he's different than the mythical figure they've been playing in the yeah in the house but the mythical figure killed the mom <laughs> yeah uh atticus did you see mr so like they want to ask him this question did yeah. you see mr arthur atticus looked certainly around the newspaper at me i did not <laughs> That's so like I could see this. There's so many of these scenes that I could like see in like old old grainy movie footage in my head of, of, of like Jim being like ask him and then like you ask him. Go You're the oldest. Him. That's why you had to ask him. <laughs> Atticus, did you see Mister Arthur and him just putting down his newspaper very impatiently going, I did not. <laughs> Short answer, yeah. Put it, puts it right back up. Yeah, classic old timey dad move. Yeah. He said Atticus was still touches about us and the Radleys, and it wouldn't do to push him any. Jim had a notion that Atticus thought our activities that night last summer were not solely confined to strip poker. Jim had no firm basis for his ideas. He said it was merely a twitch. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you little fools. Yeah. Jim doesn't, or Atticus doesn't see you deny not wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my son. I'm up to everything normal. <laughs> I lost him in a bet. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so Scout wakes up and thinks the world is ending. The world's ending, Atticus. Please do something. I drove to the window and pointed. No, it's not. He said, "It's snowing." Man, I th- as much as childish as that moment is, and almost like almost cartoonishly so. No, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, go ahead. But like, I have cousins who lived in Florida their whole lives, and like, they come up and they're like, "Oh my god, yeah. look at it." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still. I mean, it's you know, it's still transfixing to us. We're both very much snow people. Yeah. And it uh, it still looks pretty. So imagine never the having first seen snow it. looks very pretty. Yeah. It's always a ni- really nice feeling. But uh, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, the world's ending. Yeah. <laughs> the sky is falling. It's covered in the whole world's covered in death. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they get a call. It's a snow day. There will be no school today, as it has not snowed in Maycomb County since 1885. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even the secretaries are the the operators sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, as it has not snowed in Maycomb County since 1885, there will be no school today. <laughs> like they're really pushing it in. Like this is like so unusual. Yeah, like of course there's no school today. Uh, when Atticus finally called us to order and bade us look at our plates instead of out of the window. That's a funny Atticus uh, characterization. Yeah. Jem asked, how do you make a snowman? I haven't the slightest idea, said Atticus. <laughs> um, so that's the mission. This is also a guy who lived in Alabama his whole life. Yeah, right. These and, wusses have never dealt. in 1885, dealt. Like, he would have been a child because he's like 50 now in the 33. So, yeah, he would have been like 10 or so. In 85, beep, boop, up, sure. 15 and then yeah so he would have been like maybe even like six or something yeah so he has no memory no memory of the of the snow so there was a feeble layer layer of soggy snow so the, the the mission has become to make a snowman but there's not enough snow not enough snow so what is jim gonna do because <laughs> jim's like all right so jim has a plan and that's that's the whole big thing of this is a, another scene of jim growing up yeah yeah he wants something it's going to be hard, but he has a plan. Atticus thinks he can't do it. It's like, you That's can't important. do it? Yeah. I'm going to prove my father wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
the strongest motivator of all. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> My dad said I'd never have a podcast, and look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> Three seasons, Dad. Yeah. We got renewed for a third season. <laughs> we got renewed for a third season. <laughs> Because I forgot to cancel the credit card uh, <laughs> payment on the uh, so. Podbean. <laughs> so we might as well keep going. <laughs> Joke's on you, Dad. I'm bad at canceling that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, this is funny, too, where she sticks out her tongue and caught a fat flake. It, it burned. It Jim, burned. It's hot. <laughs> no, it ain't. It's so cold it burns. Now, don't eat it, Scout. You're wasting it. Let it come down. <laughs> Let it come down. Don't let it in your tongue. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff, like the, the footprints are wasting it, all that stuff, you know, precious snow. Yes. Um, he, is, he is not letting this big moment go to waste. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, they go over to Miss Mowdy's. Mr. Avery accosted us. He had a pink face and a big <laughs> stomach below the belt. See what you've done? Hasn't snowed in make home since Appomattox. 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 That's the last thing of the Civil yeah. War. Uh, it's bad. Children like you make the seasons change. <laughs> Does he believe this? Yeah, this is man, crazy. That's so crazy to confront another <laughs> man's children. <laughs> to be like, you're so bad that it's caused the world to end. <laughs> and also, Atticus is almost like too fair of like, that would not fly now. Of like, No uh, way. The known crazy man in the neighborhood, <laughs> the religious nut, approaches your child and goes, you are bad. <laughs> Stop telling my kid they're making the snow. Although it is like that John Mulaney bit of like, my parents took the side of any adult over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's how it used to be. Um, bum, 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 bum. So they uh, they go to Miss Mowdy's. They collect all of her snow. She's go, she goes, just take it. Take all of it. I don't want any of it. Um, she's trying to save her plants with burlap. Um, and what they do is... They don't. They don't have. They don't have much snow. Yeah, no snow. So they what they do is they pile a bunch of mud. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We got Miss Maddie. She's mad about her flowers. She doesn't want her flowers to freeze. Uh, how can flowers keep warm? That's the big <laughs> question. Can I answer that? All I know is. Let's see. Is there is there another little is there any foreshadowing because like obviously we know what happens at the end yeah there's gonna be a fire in Miss Mowdy's house soon yeah spoiler alert <laughs> yeah if you uh, haven't read this chapter yet I'm the yeah I I haven't even read yeah so I I've this is all I've read so I can spoil that at least yeah yeah uh, I don't think I mean like just like the fact that there's the plants are mentioned and she's trying to keep them warm which I guess becomes iron- ironic uh, once her house sets on fire <laughs> yeah. hilarious yeah. It also just like gets her established in the scene again, right? Almost like it's written like a play where it's like all the characters that are going to be in the big scene have to be <laughs> yep. really set up before. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they they're going to take a basket, they're going to take all the neighbor snow, and they're going to pile up some mud. Uh, let's see here, and they keep carrying earth and carried it to the front yard. When we had five baskets of earth and two baskets of snow, Jim said we were ready to begin. So that's what they're doing. They're five baskets of earth and two baskets of snow. Yeah, what a ratio. Uh, let's see here. They scoop up an armful of dirt, pat it into a mound in which he added another load and another until he had constructed a torso. Uh, Jim, I ain't ever heard of an N-word snowman, I said. He won't be black long, he grunted. So that's the image is that it's a, yeah. um, a, uh, a just a brown snowman. Yeah, made of dirt. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he goes, he looks like Stephanie Crawford with her arms on her hips. I said, fat in the middle and little bitty arms. <laughs> so they, they really take a lot of shots at their neighbors when they build a snowman. I know. Right. At first it's Stephanie Crawford. And then, and it, right. So then uh, they sort of like uh, snow, they make it into a snowman. Um, Mr. Avery sort of shaped like a snowman, ain't he? Jem says, and then uh, starts to make him look more like Mr. Avery. Gradually, Mr. Avery turned white. Using bits of wood for eyes, nose, mouth, and buttons, Jem succeeded in making Mr. Avery look cross. <laughs> a stick of stove wood completed the picture. Jem stepped back and viewed his creation. That's so fun. The, the, this, the guy who they watched pee all summer <laughs> who yells at them for being bad, and they're like, well, we're going to make a snowman that looks like you. <laughs> It's lovely, Jim. Looks like almost he talked to you. It is, ain't it? He said shyly. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a very sweet, almost like Charlie Brown scene. Exactly. Children building a snowman. And Jim did it. Uh, He viewed his creation. Like, this is like another big coming of age moment. And it gets even sweeter when Atticus comes home. Um, And he he says, I didn't know how you're going to do it. But from now on, I'll never worry about what will become of you, son. You'll always have an idea. And Jem is so proud. Jem's ears reddened from Atticus's compliment. And yeah. it's like, damn, a big old compliment from your dad like that? Ooh, baby. <laughs> but he looked up shortly when he saw Atticus stepping back. Atticus squinted at the snowman a while. He grinned and laughed. Son, I can't tell what you're going to be, an engineer, a lawyer, or a portrait painter. You've perpetrated a near libel here in the front yard. We've got to disguise this fellow. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's hilarious. Like, this is like. Even Atticus can see, like, oh, right. this is Mr. Avery. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, without, unprompted. I mean, I think that, that must be, a, must be a really good, uh, either Mr. Avery already looks so much like a snowman, or, or they did a very good job, but. I think it's hilarious that Atticus says that, and he uses the word libel. He uses the <laughs> legal word. Like, we could be in legal trouble here for how much you're making fun of Mr. Avery. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think this, this is, like, this is a, this is good. For a guy like me who wants Atticus to be a little bit more like a human being, a little bit less like an ethical lesson with legs, uh, we are getting a little bit of true Atticus here. Kind of a sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. Like it's hilarious. I mean, making yeah. fun of your neighbors is the time honored tradition that's gonna that brings fathers and sons together. Yeah. And Attic suggested that Jim hone down his creations front a little, swap a broom for the stove wood, and put an apron on him. Uh, James explained that if he did that, snowman would become muddy and cease to be a snowman. I don't care what you do, so long as you do something, said Atticus. You can't go around making caricatures of the neighbors. <laughs> Ain't a caricature. It looks just like him. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Avery might not think so. I know what. Okay, so then he goes and he gets, um, he stuck her sun hat on the snowman's head. He gets Miss Mowdy's sun hat. And jammed her hedge clippers into the crook of his arm. Atticus is like, all right, that'll be good. And then Miss Mowdy comes out. (laughs) And it's like, what? Bring me my hat back. (laughs) (laughs) You just stole her hat. <laughs> and then this is the first time Atticus ever really steps up because Jem looked up at Atticus who shook his head. She's just fussing. She's really impressed with your accomplishments. He's like, I'll I'll talk to her. This is this is very nice. I'll go see. <laughs> they engaged in an arm waving conversation. The only phrase of which I caught was erected in absolute morphodite in that yard. Atticus, you'll never raise him. <laughs> So this is like they're waving their arms at each other. So are they fighting? Is it they're fighting a little bit? They're like, yeah. Atticus is like very proud of his son. Like he's like, my boy did a very cool thing. He built a snowman in Alabama. Okay. And I don't want to mess that up. 
but I also can't embarrass Mr. Avery. So please be cool. <laughs> so right, okay. So we are seeing we're seeing Atticus. He's not. He's no longer equivocating. He's yeah. not going like, well, let's be fair to that blah, is her, blah, That is her hat, and if she doesn't want it, like... <laughs> right, you could see him doing that, too. But here, he's so proud of Jim that he takes Jim's side entirely, and he fights for Jim yeah. with Miss Ma- with no, with Miss Mowdy, right? Yeah. Yes, Ms. and Ms. I also think it's helpful that, like, there's almost a little bit... It would be a... It's a kind of out-of-nowhere reading, but, like, Miss Mowdy, he respects and gets along with, so mm-hmm. he's comfortable fighting. Right. Where so many of the neighbors, it's like... Look, they're difficult, and I don't like them. But we have to—I have to treat them especially fair because of that. You put your best foot forward, yeah, exactly. No, I agree. But also, that's a, that's a low shot for Miss Monty to say, "Atticus, you'll never raise him." Yeah, yeah. And she also erected an absolute morphodite in that yard. That's like <laughs> an old term for hermaphrodite, <laughs> which I think is probably an old old term too. <laughs> yeah, morphodite. Uh, so it's very cold that night. Freezing that night, the temperature dropped, and by nightfall, Mr. Avery's direst predictions came true. Calpurnia kept every pla- every fireplace in the house blazing, but we were cold. So fires are going in every house in Alabama. Yep. They they want to let her let Calpurnia stay. She looks around at the big house and long windows and said she'd be warmer at home. Atticus <laughs> drove her car home in the car. It's funny. Uh, before I went to sleep, put more coal in the fire. So, like, a bunch of fire is mentioned Right before it happened. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, fire, fire. Coal, coal, coal. <laughs> Red, thermometer registered 16, that it was the coldest night in his memory. Yeah. And not that our snowman was, and that our snowman outside was frozen solid. Uh, and then she falls asleep to 16. When and then they like, get up to some commotion. There. They, yeah, I know. We've been there a bunch of times. Uh, they get up to a bunch of commotion. And I didn't see the, I didn't even see this coming, honestly. Uh, there's all this commotion. Baby, get up. Put your robe on first. So they have to leave the house. Hurry, hon. Here are your shoes and socks. Atticus is rushing them out of the house. Um, is it morning? No, it's a little after one. Hurry now. That something was wrong with that finally got through to me. What's the matter? By then, he did not have to tell me. Just as the birds know where to go when it rains, I knew when there was trouble in our street. Soft, taffeta-like sounds and muffled scurrying sounds filled me with helpless dread. Whose is it? Miss Maudie's, hon, said Atticus gently. At the front door, we saw fire spewing from Miss Maudie's dining room windows. As if to confirm what we saw, the town fire siren wailed up the scale to a triple pitch and remained there screaming. It's gone, ain't it? moaned Jim. I expect so. Now listen, both of you go down and stand in front of the Radley place. Keep out of the way, do you hear? See which way the wind's blowing. Okay, so a big fire in the neighborhood. It's also interesting to say, like, so this unusual event of, of the cult brings this dire event of the house on fire yes so this pattern is being established of like this is unusual this type of, of thing doesn't happen here and then uh-oh another uh, like another act of, of god tragedy yeah and be, well and like and like the fire is worse because they're not they're not ready for it. they're not ready for it because of the snow so like even like the hydrant yeah, is the, all the, screwed up yeah the hydrant's frozen the yeah. the truck the engine's frozen yeah. yeah they have to push the truck down the street <laughs> And also, I didn't think about like how close their houses are to each other. I'm like, yeah, that's a real concern that like the fire would go from spread. Out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like they, like Jem asks if he has to start taking the furniture out of their house. Yeah, so it is like a really kind of like sad, dramatic scene. Yeah, true. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a house burn like even like out of like I've seen after I think one or two in my neighborhood growing up have had it burned down but I was never like around to see like oh look at that that's a whole a house on fire and yeah neither have I 
I feel like that would be dramatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't they hurry? Why don't they hurry? We saw why the old fire truck killed by the cold was being pushed from town by a crowd of men. So, like, that's how cold it is. Like, they're not prepared for this at all. Like, the fire truck doesn't start, and all these men have to push a fire truck probably a mile. Yeah. So they're not, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, run, rolling with the thing you're saying about how unexpected circumstances lead to, like, sort of bad things because they're not ready for it. Yeah. I mean, like, right. Like, so, yeah, the fire truck and the hydrant, this all is because the fires were going that late at night, and so and so m- there's so much fire because it was so cold. Yeah. It's all these, like, it's just, like, this slight change in this small town, and it's like, uh-oh, all these problems we weren't ready for. Disrupting the status quo is dangerous. Yes. Huh? Oh. All right. This hasn't happened since 1885. Since the end of the Civil War. All right. Let's, uh, yeah, there's something going on here. Something there. Uh, yes. Men may come in all degrees of dress and undress took furniture from Miss Maudie's house to a yard across the street. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all the men are just carrying, like, that's so crazy to, like, have that be your job to carry, like, very quickly move your neighbor out of their house. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and definitely like the community, yeah, the community aspect this year too, like we're seeing everybody just gets up and does their thing without really like being, you know, they, they're doing it because they, they want to be a part of the community, you know. But there's also stuff where it's like the community does come together. Like here's yeah. Mr. Grumpy, Mr. Avery, uh, appeared in an upstairs window. He pushed the mattress out the window into the street and threw down the furniture until men shouted, get down from there, Dick. The stairs are going. Get out of there, Mr. Avery. <laughs> like the, all these guys are playing hero of like. Yeah. Of this, like they all gossip about each other, but then someone's re- in real need, and it's like, oh, time to play hero. They really do, yeah. It's a small town. Uh, we get the we get the picture of Atticus being old, why ain't he on top of one of those houses? He's too old; he'd break his neck. Um, and they still don't. They still worry about getting the stuff out of their house. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, worried about Miss Rachel's house. Like the fire burn, because she's worried that the fire will burn up uh, Dill's books or something like that. Or yeah. no, to burn up her house and burn up Dill's books. Yeah, like, that's nice. Like, yeah, Scout's worried about the one thing that's not there is like, well, that would be affecting Dill, I guess, if yeah. that book burned. We have to go and tell Dill's book burned, and we'd feel sorry. Yeah, it's a, a whole. It's a whole thing. It's it's like all, the whole neighborhood's out. It's all dramatic. The next town over's fire truck began pumping water on our house. Man on the roof pointed to places that needed it most. I watched our absolute morphodite go black, and absolute morphodite is in capital letters. Yeah, it's so funny because she does not know what that means. <laughs> uh, and crumble, Miss Maudie's son had settled on top of the heap. I could not see her hedge clippers. Like, what a like s- image of <laughs> uh, the thing wearing her hat and her sun clippers is burned and to crumble. <laughs> True, it's her. Yeah, right. An image of her. Yeah. But also, like, uh, also scouts looking at the snowman instead of the the actual stuff that matters, you know. Uh, so the men are going back and forth, but she became aware that I was slowly freezing where I stood. Jim tried to keep me warm, but his arm was not enough. I pulled free of it and clutched my shoulders. By dancing a little, I could feel my feet. So it's like, yeah, she's she's exceptionally cold. Not preferred to be outside during this. Yeah. And the fire trucks are coming. So essentially, a lot of a lot of like, chaos is going on. Mm-hmm. She's looking at the snowman. She's looking at all the fire trucks. There's men on the wrong floors. Are they gonna die? Oh my God! What's happening? Um, 
Miss Monty was staring at the smoking black hole in her yard, and Atticus shook his head to tell us she did not want to talk. He led us home, holding onto our shoulders across the icy street. He said Miss Monty would stay with Miss Stephanie for the time being. And then Atticus is like, anybody, anybody want some hot chocolate? Uh, and then he asked, I mean, he asked a very curious question. He goes, I thought I told you and Jem to stay put. Why, we did. We stayed. Then whose blanket is that? Blanket? Yes, ma'am, blanket. It isn't ours. I looked down and found myself clutching a brown wooden blanket I was wearing around my shoulders, squaw fashion. Atticus, I don't know, sir. I like, So this blanket appears on her shoulders. Yeah, she did not remember it hitting her shoulders, which is a little odd to me that she doesn't remember at all, but she was very cold, and then she has a blanket, whatever. She has very cold. A lot of stuff was going yeah. on. Uh, I mean, Harper Lee probably went out of her way to like, like make sure that make you tell it. she's distracted. Right. Because this is like, it is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, but Je- I would turn to Jem for an answer, but Jem was even more bewildered than I. He said that he didn't know how it got there. We did exactly as Atticus had told us. We stood down by the Radley Gate, away from everybody. We didn't even move an inch. Jem stopped. Mr. Nathan was at the fire. I saw him. I saw him. He was tugging that mattress. Atticus, I swear. Uh, that's all right, son. Atticus grin- grinned slowly because Atticus now now knows. Like he's got he's got big news for them. Looks like all of Maycomb was out tonight in one way or another. Jem, there's some wrapping paper in the pantry, I think. Go get it, and we'll... Atticus, no, sir. And so now it's all coming out. So Atticus is like, oh, looks like Boo Radley was out. So, like, Atticus was... Yeah, so Atticus is grinning at this, sort yeah, of? Yeah, because it's like, this is the, the figure that my son's obsessed with. Yeah. And guess what? He was three feet away from it. Oh, right, you couldn't get... Yeah, you didn't get to see it. Mr. Nathan puts him in that tree. Okay, wait, so... Jem uh, so has an outburst here. Yes, so... uh. So Atticus is like, all right, well, we got to give that blanket back to the Radleys. Uh, we'll be nice about it. Get the wrapping paper. Yeah. That's and the then and Jem's like, no, like you got to know everything. Uh, and so, this yeah. is everything. Yeah, because Mister Nathan puts cement in that tree, Atticus, and he did he did to stop us finding things. He's crazy. I reckon they, like they say, but Atticus, I swear to God, he ain't ever harmed us. He ain't ever ever hurt us. He could have cut my throat from ear to ear that night, but he tried to mend my pants instead. He never hurt us, Atticus. Atticus said, "Whoa, son." <laughs> So gently that I was greatly heartened. It was obvious that he had not followed a word Jim said, for all Atticus said was, You're right. We'd better keep this and the blanket to ourselves. Someday maybe Scout can thank him for covering her up. Thank who? I asked. Boo Radley. You were so busy looking at the fire, you didn't know it when he put the blanket around you. My stomach turned to water, and I nearly threw up when Jim held up out the blanket and crept toward me. He sneaked out the house, turned around, sneaked up, and, and went like this. <laughs> <laughs> Do not let this inspire you to further glory, Jeremy. (laughs) 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 That's such a fun deadpan sentence. (laughs) Do not let this inspire you to further glory. Okay, so this is so Atticus. Atticus knows it was it was them that snuck up on the Radleys that night, probably right. That was yeah. He he knows everything, and like, and he's just like, all right, like I know you bother them all the time and you're obsessed with them. Yeah, he allowed them the lie to go ahead, right? Yeah. Further glory indicates that. He understood. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Atticus is like, "Hey, look, your your obsession was out tonight, and like gave you a blanket. Isn't that nice?" <laughs> and he's like, "Jim, don't take this as a means that he wants to be bothered all the time, <laughs> but he is a friendly neighbor for who he is." And then Jim's like, "I ain't gonna do anything to him. Just think, Scout. If you just turn around, you'd have seen him." So that's so. So Scout had no idea what was going on. Yeah, she was like, "Wait, what are we talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> and 
And to her greatest fear, this murderer in her head came up right behind her and put a blanket over her. <laughs> no connection of like, oh, what a tender man. It's like, oh, no, a murderer put a blanket on me. <laughs> so Jim, right. So this all comes out that like that Jim is starting to put it together and he gets really emotional about it. Yes. He he's, knows every like yeah. he's put he's connected all the dots. And now this is the final confirmation that he needed. Oh, that Boo Radley is nice. So they uh, go over to Miss Mowdy's place. Um, to, they they or they give her her hat. Yeah, we found her uh, uh, digging under the dirt for her hat clippers. We found her in her backyard gazing at her frozen chard azaleas. Frozen uh, chard. Frozen and chard. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, see, that's like just like a small phrase is really well. Like, like Harper Lee is so good at being like short, beautiful, and efficient. Frozen chard azaleas. It brings all of the, all of it back together. Yeah. So that, what a little circle of like. I, these can't freeze. I need these to not freeze. And not only are they frozen, they were also burned. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, all the irony wrapped up in one little phrase: frozen charred azaleas. Great. Yeah. Uh, we're bringing back your things, Miss Monty. We're awful sorry. Uh, <laughs> awful sorry. <laughs> uh, Miss Monty looked around, and the shadow of her old grin crossed her face. Always wanted a smaller house, Jim Finch. Gives me more yard. Just think, I'll have more room for my azaleas now. You ain't grieving, Miss Monty? I asked. Surprised? Atticus said her house was nearly all she had. Grieving child, why I hated that old cow barn. Thought of setting fire to a hundred times myself, except they'd lock me up. But? Don't you worry about me, Jean Louise Finch. There are ways of doing things you don't know about. Why, I'll build me a little house and take me a couple of rumors and gracious, all of the finest yard in Alabama. Those belling grass will look plain, plain, plain puny when I get started. How'd it catch, Miss Mowdy? I don't know, Jim. Probably the flu in the kitchen. I kept a fire in there last night for my potted plants. Here you had some unexpected company last night, Miss Jean Louise. So it's all like she wanted to keep her plants warm overnight, and it burned down the house. Again, the plants, right. But then she also brings up the Boo Radley thing. Yeah. How'd you know? Atticus told me on his way to town this morning, tell you the truth, I'd like to have been with you, and I've had sense enough to turn around, too. (laughs) (laughs) She does not pull budgets with these children. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, so funny. And here, here comes Woman Scout narrating, Miss Mowdy puzzled me. With most of her possessions gone and her beloved yard as shambles, she still took a lively and cordial, cordial interest in gems and my affairs. Only thing I worried about last night was all the danger and commotion it caused. The whole neighborhood could have gone up. Mr. Avery will be in bed for a week. He's right stove up. He's too old to do things like that, and I told him so. Soon as I can get my hands clean when Stephanie Crawford's not looking, I'll make him a lane cake. That Stephanie's been after my recipe for 30 years, and if she thinks I'll give it to her just because I'm staying with her, she's got another think coming. Uh, another <laughs> she's think still coming. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that is like, okay, is that the uh, phrase, I guess? I think I, I saw that earlier in the book, too. And the, another think, I think Miss Mowdy says that, mm. and it's like kind of a funny. I, th- I think it goes, because I've heard that before in other contexts. Another think coming. That's funny. Although to me, it makes more sense, another thing coming. Like Yeah. But I guess it's saying you're gonna have to think again. <laughs> yeah, think again. Right. I think they both work, but you hear a thing coming. You hear a thing coming more. I think. Yeah. Uh. She uh, and Scout says something sarcastic. I reflected that Miss Monty broke down and gave it to her. Miss Steph- Stephanie couldn't follow it anyway. Miss Monty had once let me see it. Among other things, the recipe called for one large cup of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I why I can't understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is that? How That's large? That's an exotic dish. <laughs> um, it was still day. The air was so cold and clear. We heard the courthouse clock 
clank, rattle, and strain before it struck the hour. That's the first mention of the courthouse clock. Oh, yeah, look at that, the courthouse. Which is interesting because the next chapter, spoiler, it starts up with the court uh, proceedings. Nice. But here it comes, ding, ding, ding. Atticus is a lawyer. He was on his way to town to do his job. Like, here's the courthouse clock. It's all it's all happening. The fire that started it all. Yeah. They the did start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's cold, then fire, then court. Cold, fire, court. Um. So what's so the Jen's concerned about Miss Mowdy's hands? I've been here since six o'clock. Should be frozen by now. She holds up her hands, a network of tiny lines crisscross her palms, brown with dirt and dry blood. You've ruined them, said Jim. Why don't you get a colored man? Or scouting me. We can help you. Thank you, sir, but you've got a job of your own over there. She pointed to our yard that they basically dug up six piles of earth to <laughs> yeah, snowman. Right. You mean the Morphodite? Shoot, we can break him up in a jiffy. Miss Mowdy. <laughs> so this cracks, eventually it just cracks Miss Mowdy up. Because she didn't realize that that Scout was listening. Yeah. And it's clear that she doesn't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> she just thinks that's what you call a snowman. I mean, yeah, right, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, we didn't either, but uh, now we do know. Yeah. It's so funny. So it's just like a cute little adult child moment. There's a lot of those of like, oh, like the adults that treat them with respect. It's like very, like the scenes are way more and like fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also it's like a good point of like her house burned down and she's still like, Oh, I heard your what's going on in your life. That's interesting. Yeah, like, she cares. It's how crazy. like a deep down neighbor she is. Yeah, it's insane. She's like, I'm gonna make that man a pie, like But um, even like she stays at her enemy's house. Like that's how small this town is. Yeah. That the woman you're like, Oh, did you let Boo Radley go at your bed? Oh <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> But right, then that woman that woman shows up. Right. So like like what are we see, what are we seeing in this fire? The 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 the, the community showing up for somebody. Community shows care. up for somebody. Uh they're not prepared for unusual cir- circumstances. Like chaos will happen. Even Boo Radley helps out. Even Boo Radley is a good neighbor. Um the like Scout is painfully can be painfully unaware. Yep. Uh, that Jem is a critical thinker when it comes to the world. He was able to put together with Boo Radley. He was, a, and then uh, he was, and he and he's concerned about justice yeah. with the the tree situation. Yes, uh, and up. he has a good plan. He always has a plan. So that's the big. We learn a lot about Jem. We learn a lot about Boo, uh, and we get a sense of a, bit, a bigger sense of the community. Yeah, Boo Radley is not a bad guy or a. Um, scary monster. He is a lonely um, recluse. Yeah, he is a recluse for both by choice and by force. Yeah, uh, that is trying to make a connection. Right. So, like, he's gone from boogeyman to uh, potential friend. Yes, and I think it like is the first time that children have not been afraid of the house and have genuinely tried to come in contact with him. That has probably warmed him to the outside world. Yeah. All right, so it looks like we're going to get into some court stuff next next week. Can't wait. Yeah, it's it's going to be a big one. Looking forward to it. This is uh it it gets real spicy. It's like you, <laughs> you'll you'll be able to be like, "Oh, this is like where like so much of like Aaron Sorkin comes from and like so much of like even like most modern court stuff is like this type of character and this type of like so much like even the whole genre of true crime right now is like 
the the big incident that rocked the small town. Yeah. Like this is this and like it's a predecessor to In Cold Blood and you can see like even the styles they wrote very similar. The author of In Cold Blood is in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Truman Capote. Truman Capote. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, my name is Terrence Hartnett. You can follow me on Instagram at Ha Hartnett. Uh, my name is Kevin Lobkovich. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Lobkovich. I also have a short story on Medium uh, you could check out. Uh, we also have an Instagram page where we post fun little memes. Yeah. Uh, called at OK Gatsby Pod. Uh, you can look that up. Um, and uh, we have an email address at Pod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Review the podcast, right? Review yeah. It, give us a review it. on the podcast. Yeah. That would be great. That would be very helpful. If you listen, yeah, if you listen, uh, you are of a small and mighty group that can really help this podcast grow. So pass it along to a friend or a colleague. Yeah. You got, you read books and you like this. You got a friend who also reads books. Show it to them. You got a, a cousin in high school who hates, who hates the great Gatsby. Like, hey, show him this book yeah. or this podcast. Maybe yeah. he'll like it. Or maybe he'll laugh at the parts that we also laugh at. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for chapters nine and ten. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.